morning and welcome back to Pretend Worldville, people. As always, I'm your spooky host, Tyler. Okay, I don't know what that was. That was, it started as Transylvanian Dracula slash Count and ended up into some really weird Javier Bardem stuff, <laughs> which uh, I'm not mad at. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back. I'm so glad that you've come back to the show. This is my favorite time of the year, the spooky season, Halloween season, the beginning of fall, and I am relishing in every single moment of it. Uh, I actually, I bought a Beetlejuice sign that lights up at Spirit Halloween, and uh, I'm not mad about it because it wasn't cheap. So yeah, there's not a whole lot to catch you up before we start this week's episode. I will say, still going very crazy uh, as far as just making this whole career change work, and there are some things in the pipeline that could work out. We'll see. Uh, outside of that, it's been a relatively, you know, kind of calm week slash weekend. Don't have anything crazy for you. Uh, I took a really spooky hike that was really foggy, and I just kept looking for Bigfoot, because that's what I do. I'm a grown man. I'm still looking for Bigfoot. <laughs> okay, let's let's get away from that part of my nerddom, and let's dive into another part of my nerddom, because the two guests I have for you this week, that's right, I said two, are incredible. And yes, I am biased because I am a fan, uh, but I wanted to bring them onto the show a little while ago. I thought I'd wait till I built up some clout and see if they were interested. Luckily, they are. And the two guests I have for this week are Kim Burns and Ketrin Porter of the amazing horror movie comedy podcast, Kim and Ket Stay Alive, Maybe. They are hilarious. <laughs> They're a lot of fun to talk to. I hope I can bring them back because they are just... They're, they're so creative, uh, and I mean, that's kind of a vague brush to, to put on to somebody, but uh, their show revolves around, you know, would you survive this horror movie based off of what the main character does, but you don't necessarily know what they do uh, until you answer how you would handle said situation. So if this person opens up a door into a basement... Uh, one, do you go in, or two, do you close the door and run out and try to figure out some other way to, you know, escape said establishment. So, uh, and that's <laughs> that's a really horrible way to describe what the show is. Uh, it is so much more, it's so much fun. I'm a huge fan of them. Uh, I'm pretty sure I just completely ruined the uh, the synopsis of the podcast, but Kim, Kat, I tried. I tried. You you guys are the reigning champs here. So uh, let's just get into it. Let's dust off the cobwebs. Let's uh, seal up that basement door. But, you know, let's hang out in this spooky crypt and let's sit down and chat with the amazing Kim Burns and Ketrin Porter. Welcome. I'm about to do like our intro to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> We're Kim and Kat from the podcast Kim and Kat Stay Alive, maybe. And I'm Ketrin. I'm Kim. And uh, yeah, we are two best friends who have been doing a horror movie comedy podcast for the last, oh, f almost four, four years. It's been four Wild. years. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's bananas. So, <laughs> uh, you know, we bonded over our love of horror movies 
that and many other things. Uh, and one of us watches a movie that the other one has not seen and walks them through step by step, kill by kill, asking them what they would do to stay alive and what they think the character does to stay alive. And that's what we do every week. Mm hmm. In the most entertaining way possible. Yes. Oh, <laughs> lots of dumb jokes. Thank yes. You. Thank you. The, the comedy is definitely in capital letters uh, in our description of a horror movie comedy podcast. Honestly, if if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to this podcast, stop the interview right now. Go back and, and, and find it. Subscribe. Listen to it because it's so much fun. My personal favorite being, uh, I think I started listening to it for the Drag Me to Hell episode. <sighs> Oh, I, I was so hooked <laughs> in. A lot of a lot of mouth horror. A lot of mouth horror. A That's what I remember. Horror. And like some some like Bugs Bunny style. Yeah. Kills. Yeah. Like, like wasn't like, there like Looney an Tunes. anvil? Looney, Looney Tunes. Tunes. Yeah. yeah. I hate yeah. to say it, but yeah. <laughs> I I regret showing it to certain people every single Halloween because I introduce it as oh, it's so much fun. It's Sam Raimi. Right. But they're not expecting mouth horror. Right. <laughs> it's like just goofy enough to not be yeah. that scary. <laughs> I I didn't know that I had an aversion to mouth horror until Kim described this movie to me. And I've only seen it with Kim's eyeballs, not my own. So You still haven't like tried to watch it? I yeah. mean, a lot of times it's like we like we have to watch a movie every week for the pod and like yeah. taking notes on it is a pretty like time consuming endeavor and our brains are so synced up that if someone were to ask me like have you seen drag me to hell i'm like yeah yeah I've seen and that. then i like forget yeah same there's a specific movie that people ask a lot and i'm midsummer and like people are always like and i'm like oh i've seen it but now i'm like actually not sure because i think i've yeah. seen just through your eyeballs but also lots of pictures right so my between the two of those things my brain feels like I've seen it but now I'm like not totally sure yeah and yeah, that's that's what it again. is for me for half of our movies I'm like did I watch that I have or no did... idea yeah it's like an intrinsic <laughs> Mandela effect yes. <laughs> yes oh my god Tyler you can't get us going on the Mandela effect <laughs> oh oh but I have to I have to. see I'm running on about 45 minutes of sleep so we're gonna get as crazy <laughs> well, as we going, man, that we're going there <laughs> Uh, well, there. before we get too crazy with that, I have to go back. This is all about origin stories and and personal experiences. Essentially, this is your biopic via audio form um, oh. and very disjointed. But <laughs> I do have to ask, what was your because both of you are in the acting industry as well, like much like myself, yes. which is why we, we do this podcast. But uh, where did that start for you? I like to hear, you know, people talk about when they're watching. I don't know, like cheers on television or they go and they see Tommy boy and they go, I want to do that. Like oh. what? <laughs> I love that your two examples were cheers and Tommy boy. <laughs> Is that your origin story? Yeah. Uh, Tommy boy for sure. Now listen, Tommy boy is a classic. To your brain has the shell on it. Are you Great talking? Uh, but yeah, whoever wants to go first, how did you get? Started. How did you gain an, an interest in the entertainment industry? Um, I don't recall not being interested in it, and that's not that's not a cop out. That's that like I was always looking for an opportunity to perform in some way from the age of like 
three for a while I Kim has heard this story thousands of times but for a while my parents were like do we need to take her to like a shrink because she doesn't answer to her name she only answers to Alice like I thought I was Alice from Alice in Wonderland like my play clothes I would only wear like little smocked dresses with like a bow in my hair and black patent leather shoes like I was fully method actor by the time I was three um and then throughout it was just like any time that I could like express myself through acting or performance like even to like being the first to raise my hand to like read out loud in class um and so I started in theater that was my first love and then I majored in theater because I was like listen I'm I'm not gonna want to do any other profession like I'm not going to want to spend four years in school studying any other profession. So dad, I'm going to college for theater. Um, and then I met Ms. Burns our freshman year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a lucky quick connection to have freshman year. Yeah, we were, yeah. we were both theater majors. Uh, and the way our school worked, it's like you were kind of with the same people for all four years. So yeah, that's so first, where first semester freshman year is when we met. Yeah, and then we uh, drove out to California together after that. And did you it's know been love ever since? Uh, did you know right away? Was it an instant connection, or was there? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I um, I had a Ketrin. I'm like, I was like, I think if I tell my story, then you'll see the difference. Is like yeah. Ketrin was immediately in the theater program, like she was a theater kid, mm-hmm. and I was kind of like half theater, half hanging out with um uh what are they called frat boys yeah uh like so I was like half in half cool (laughs) the shade that I did dork (laughs) that was like that was a hammer of an insult Tyler I'm telling you it's it's half a dork So it took me like two years, eventually, like more like my junior years when I kind of started, started to be like more fully theater. Um, And that's when we got cast in a play that got us like very, very close together. So, yeah. Um, So what was your, your background like before that? If you were, if you were teetering between the cool kid (laughs) crowd and the theater books, how did you... Because I wasn't always doing it the way that Ketrin was like, I, it's interesting to hear her talk about it. Cause I'm like, oh, I guess that was me. I liked performing a lot, but I would say I was much more shy. Like I'm not the person that would raise my hand to read, but there's like a very, there's like, because to me, that's me reading. And there's like a difference between like, oh, now I'm like acting or even like playing the flute. I played the flute for a long time. Isn't that um, so cute? <laughs> since like fourth grade. So like, <laughs> I was always loved like doing stuff and my friends and I would make up dances and things. But besides playing the flute, there wasn't a lot of like opportunities for acting itself. So it's not something I thought much about or knew much about. And something we talk about a lot on the pod is like our differences and the way we were raised and her having hearths and me being from the other side of the track sort of thing. So like, I remember there being like an an audition for the Wizard of Oz, like when I was maybe seventh grade or something and or fifth grade. And it was like in the neighborhood or whatever. And like, we couldn't afford it. Like you had to like pay. It was like at the rec center or something like that or something like that. You know what I mean? So I like couldn't do it. So I like, and I like remember that, like, I remember wanting to be in the Wizard of Oz and I couldn't. And then you would have been the through. cutest Dorothy. 
I know. Absolutely. I really wanted to be the, the Wicked Witch of the West, though. Oh. Like That's when Steph Dawson started calling me Wicked Bitch of the West. Yeah. Well, the Wicked Witch <laughs> doesn't sing as much as Dorothy. So that, you know. I don't know if there was singing involved, but. Uh, oh, then you would have been hope great. Hope not. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't have made it then. <laughs> Ironically, then I went to high school and they the only play they did was a musical. So I was like too scared to even audition because they don't sing. And uh-huh. then I moved and the new high school had drama as a class. Uh, so, and band as a class too. And it was like, sh- only, you only had four classes a semester. So I was literally like, half my classes were just drama and band. <laughs> <laughs> and, and who's uh, the dork again? Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't take marching band. I refused. So it was separated by by semesters. I hated marching band. And so I was like, I'm not doing it. I would, I refused to like go. So I wouldn't t- sign up for marching band. I would only do orchestra the orchestra. other semester. I love how you drew the line at marching band. And then you went to college going, you know what? I'm going to buy a leather jacket. I'm going to hang out with crappers. Change is coming. (laughs) So yeah, it wasn't until high school that I really actually actually did like any like real, you know, being in a play, you know, besides just like making up stuff with like my siblings or kids on the street, you know. So yeah, then I was also a theater major. And I was a double with many a different things. I started as a theater math double major. So, yeah, right. Have you ever heard that in your life? I, honestly, like that should be the <laughs> red flag for bipolar disorder. Right. <laughs> honestly, now that I'm describing lots of things, I'm like, yeah, because like I also was on an honors college scholarship, so I had to keep a really high GPA, like four point eight or something, or three point, whatever. Two, yeah, point two points away from the top, but um. I would also be drunk all the time. So I was just really good at school. Yeah, she was really good at school. So, so you I would were... just be drunk with the frat boys and then also doing math and theater. What what's wrong? Who yeah. is that? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, can I can I purchase your life rights to write right? your story? <laughs> like what a weirdo. <laughs> you're, you're like good Kim hunting, you know? Yes! Yeah, ask good oh Kim my hunting. <laughs> oh my god that's a perfect description that's that's crazy see this is why i love asking that question because it's always different every single time especially with co-hosts yeah show you know so like you go through college and you you dip away from frat boys and (laughs) eventually i dive deep into theater (laughs) we get cast in the play uncommon women and others together Mm -hmm. along with like three other who are people who are now are like very, very best friends. Like we visit each other once a year, all five of us. Um, and that play kind of like, yeah, solidified our friendship, I would say. Yeah. Wow. And the rest is history. Yeah. After that, you, you just moved to, to LA. Why not yeah. New York? Why not? I guess. Um, not I know, I know why I didn't go to New York. Um, I, I didn't go to, I wish I liked New York because my, I'm very close to my parents and they live in Baltimore. So like that definitely would have been, um, from a convenience standpoint, I wish I liked New York, but for me, it came down to, uh, my cousin, both of my cousins lived in LA. Um, one, one of the cousins was someone that I, that grew up like a sister with me. So like, I already knew that I had like um, connections there and knowing that the career path that I was choosing was going to be like 99% rejection and despair. I was like, I don't want to do that in like a cement box where like I pay $1,500 to live in a closet. Like I'd rather do it where there's sunshine. That was, 
how I decided that, basically. That's I don't know why Kim didn't go to New York. That's she it. follows you know me everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that far ahead with the, here's what happened for me. I just wanted to do more TV and film. And at the time, it was quite a few years ago. So I think they do a lot more TV and film there now. At the yeah. time, it was kind of just like Law & Order, maybe a few other things here and there. You know what I mean? So like, I I just didn't. Again, I don't sing, so I wasn't trying to do Broadway, stuff like that. So for me, L.A. felt like the first choice to go first. But in my brain, I always thought I would go to New York eventually. I thought I would go to L.A. for a couple of years and then probably check out New York. And I didn't think about the sunshine and the California. And then I got here and we're both from the East Coast and from Philly. So like once I was here for a few years, I was like, oh, oops, I don't ever want to live in winter again. So, yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah. I guess I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll never do that New York thing. <laughs> like I kind of wish I did at some point, but I, I, it probably would have required me going there first and then coming here. Yeah. Thank goddess you didn't. Yeah. I would have been so sad and lonely. Yeah. Plus, like, because Ketrin had her family here, we did have a place to, like, we came and visited. I had, like, a, I had a person to go with and, like, a place to stay, you know, so it did make the trans, like, the transition easier. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't by yourself in a Honda Accord just hoping you wouldn't have to live out of it for, you know, exactly. two to three months at a time. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, now that you bring up, honestly, I want a bumper sticker, Kat, of what you said about New York. <laughs> Uh, what, oh, what did you say? It, I've never really liked me, or I've never. Really... Uh, I didn't want to suffer rejection and despair in a cement box. <laughs> yeah, like that in a no... in a fifth in a closet that I pay fifteen hundred dollars for. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, there's people who who have been on this show. They live in New York. They love it, which is great. But I look at it as there's pillars of cement and stone that take away the sunlight, and then you have rats everywhere. Yeah, and oh, and the thing rats. is, is like Kim and I've spent a lot of time in New York. Like two of our best friends lived that two of the five of us that we were talking about lived there. So like we would visit New York a lot. And I objectively was like, I get the charm. I understand it. It doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. I think I like it a lot more. I think there's like culture and arts and art stuff there. That's like, we don't quite have as much here. And like, it's so much easier to get places there. Like I like walking around. I like that you can kind of just, go out and walk around and like yeah. who knows what your night will be you know yeah um there's less of that here you kind of have to like plan where you're going here a bit more yeah um, oh really and there's like you know just like festivals that pop up there and like yeah. just a little more like arts and culture i think not that that doesn't exist here at all but you know it's not quite the same it's yeah la yeah and the <laughs> the the closer that i can get to just like being an old crone living in a cottage in the woods exactly yeah you you want to get farther and farther yeah. away from culture from the, and i from the city I like being in it yeah <laughs> i just i don't want to be urban i just want to be like dressed in herbs and feeding my cats like that's all yeah. i want to do in a cottage. Petty, herbs. Petty <laughs> yeah. are you trying to say you want to be a like a female version of uh, whatever the the green god from men was ah! yes yes that's me yeah sorry 100%. listeners spoiler alert for men yeah yeah <laughs> that's that's what i that's how i that's my jam yeah i don't I mean, want to say that really is your jam i know i don't know spoil it more but like you just 
having you. I know. And Laura, you. Yeah. <laughs> and just like kind of creeping around covered in leaves. I feel like that's wow. It wouldn't even like you wouldn't even be shocked. Like you would just be like, hey, I like <laughs> I like your leaf dress today. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's a terrifying image just, i'm just filling up in northern california and she just pops up out of nowhere yeah and suddenly she can follow me the same speed as my car without running this is crazy yeah yeah exactly <laughs> that's so, how i that's how i spy on kim on all of her dates I, mean, oh. I, just, dress, I just dress as a bush make sure make sure everything yeah no one ever well. sees her no one ever sees her. <laughs> speaking of which coming from a fan how how are the dates going really good yeah yeah oh that's a good <laughs> smile that's that's a good news smile yeah uh currently good but still very new with one particular person um but been on many dates for for me making it past like three is good honestly <laughs> and like we've been on like eight or nine so yeah it's good good sign and good i things. met him yeah oh. and, and on the last one yeah was he cleared? Um, he was cleared, but I'm also just like super chill about it. And like my clearance <laughs> is like far more stringent than it's ever been. So like yeah, I'm not entirely for. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure that like I'll be granting full clearance until like after the wedding day at this point, which is just <laughs> like, you know, when you're burned, you have to change your policies. So that's that's where we are. Even after the wedding, you have to give it another six months just to ensure. You know what, Tyler? You're right. You're right. I think I'm still being a little too lenient. I think I you're right. I hope that I get full clearance by the time the wedding comes. <laughs> I hope I'm on board. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I had to take us on that tangent because you guys just go listen to the podcast like I can't <laughs> it's so hard to describe uh, it is wild though how much I have talked about it throughout the years like I'm embarrassed kind of like about some of uh I've grown so much and I think have. that when you yeah. do listen to the whole thing over time you can see that journey and you can see the growth you know what I mean but if you were to just like pop one episode on like I don't know what's going on and sometimes <laughs> I'm like I'm a crazy person, <laughs> like, you know, I'm like embarrassed about some of it because I'm just like, oh my, my gosh. But over time, the growth does happen. So yeah, because I, I mean, I never really thought about it this way. But it's like, obviously, we are not a serialized podcast where we're, we are technically standalone episodes. But there is a through line on a, of our personal lives so it's like yeah I do think that like both of our journeys I think are relatable in to people you know and and I know that I'm always really comforted by people who are in the public eye and sort of are really honest about their stories and and outspoken about their experiences because that goes such a long way to like fight loneliness mm -hmm. you know um I get a segue into that was actually one of the reasons that I wanted to start doing this podcast was because four and a half years ago at this point um my husband was in a car accident he's fine um but it required a lot of just like me being at home taking care of him not really hanging out with anybody this was pre-pandemic 
And so just doing things around the house, I would lose myself in podcasts and you get attached to the hosts and they affect you and you care about them. And they provided me a lot of comfort in a time when I felt really, really lonely and wanting to sort of spread that and knowing how much Kim and I are just like very excited to just be in love with each other and like, just be great (laughs) friends. And we like laughing and we like supporting each other. And we like talking about horror movies. It just seemed like a really obvious endeavor for us to embark upon with someone that I trust, you know, that's the other thing. Yeah. Who passed the clearance. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a good point. And like something to remember, although like, you know, just looking back, you can't help but feel kind of embarrassed because of like the things that I like the way that I've been, uh, it's not like horrible or anything. It's just like, you know, when you see your, when you're so, when you kind of unzip yourself a little and you're so vulnerable, just like knowing that you're vulnerable and looking back on it makes you feel like, oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, um, but I agree that I do think it is a good thing overall that like, you know, I'm sure other people feel that way and have felt that way in life. And therefore you're like, oh, definitely not alone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I honestly, I think, uh, I mean, both of you hit the nail on the head by bringing up that idea of like connectivity and this sort of like listener based, it sounds really odd, um, but intimacy. When you do mm-hmm. sort of take off that facade and it's not, hey, welcome back to the yeah. right. it's it's very, you know, um just just personal. I think that's why I definitely enjoyed the podcast and it helped when I was starting this podcast. And it's just to oh, be thank you so much yourself, Aww, you. you know, be be yes. your own creative, goofy self. The amount of times like my girlfriend and I would drive, you know, up to the mountains because we were both in Colorado and we'd listen to the podcast and the second <laughs> A dating snippet came up. We turned the volume up. We're like, oh god, okay. But turn the. <laughs> we don't care about that. We need to know what's going on right now. So there, I there, love that. there, and it's just, it's um, it's something that keeps people coming back, and obviously, it really adds to the success of your show as well. I mean, four years on, that's not an easy feat for any project, or especially a podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I attribute our longevity. I mean, Kim and I have a great relationship, obviously, but I attribute our a lot of our longevity to Kim saying, yes, I'll do this podcast with you, but my number one rule is that it has to be fun. Um, and so the moment that it's not fun anymore, I don't want to do it. And I'm really, you know, I'm really glad that she said that. I think especially like as creatives, you, and in this where we live, you know, you forget that the creativity is supposed to lift you up, not drain the life out of you, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and something that starts fun, you know, Mm -hmm. I, so having that in the back of my head for someone like me who you know, can struggle with positivity, struggles with anxiety, struggles with you know, depression, I think just having that very clear, concise goal of fun has been extremely helpful for me personally. Um, so I, I definitely am grateful to Kim for setting that standard before we even started. I agree. 
High five to Kim. <laughs> she concurs. <laughs> well, especially living in in Los Angeles and you know being actors yourselves, it's you know that rejection takes a lot out of you for all the hours you put in, for all the focus, but for all Ooh. the the potential hope for oh maybe this is you know it it tears your soul apart. I mean, it does. I, I can't even tell you how many times we've talked to people on this show and you hit your rock bottom and somehow we still find a way to keep going and it, yeah. it works out or it doesn't and you keep you know, pushing on. So when yeah. it comes to, you know, being in Los Angeles, especially for the earlier years that you guys were out there, were you looking for representation right off the bat? Were you trying to find student films? What was your way of, of gaining some traction and adding to your reel to make this dream a reality. Yeah. I mean, I was like, yes, all of the above. Yeah. I was like, I took all the classes. I did all the workshops. I did student films. Like I was like, yes, 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 yes. Hitting it hard, hitting the pavement. 300 agents later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, hand modeling, you know, doing yeah. it all. Um, yeah. And then like, but it like does change over time because like after a while you're like, okay, I don't want to do student films anymore, you know? Yeah. And things like yeah. that. So, um, but yeah, for me, I definitely like hit it, hit it hard in the beginning. Yeah. I think, I think same. I think Kim in general tends to have more stamina for that kind of stuff than I do so there are definitely times when I look back on my 20s and I go like you know my priorities were not necessarily aligned in the same way that that they would be if I did it today um but I also I have realized that you know you can't know until you know you can't you can't be the person that you're going to be until you have the experiences that make you that way. So, you know, I, I think everyone's going to have their struggles when they come out here. I think Kim and I both had our struggles. I think they were different in some ways and some were exactly the same, you know, Mm -hmm. just thousands of agents and, you know, just trying to get somebody to, to, you know, tell you what box they want you in and then also realizing that you aren't going to fit into it. So what was the point of like, it's, you know, just the, all of that. And what, I mean, this is something that it's more LA than anywhere else, but what were, I guess not what were, but what was a box that somebody tried to fit you into that you knew right off the bat, you wouldn't match, but you just you gave it 110% and it may have taken it back a couple of years career wise. Can you think of an experience? I, I have one. I don't, I don't know if you, uh, there was a particular casting director and I think this was indicative of how a lot of people felt about me is like, uh, I tend to read just in my face kind of young, you know, like I don't have a, I don't have super angular features. I have puffy cheeks and, whatever. And so I had a casting director say to me one time, he was like, your face is so cherubic, but then like you come in and you're like, kind of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You know? And like what he meant was like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And like what he meant was like, I, I don't, I tend to carry myself with sort of a little bit of a masculine 
energy in the sense that like I stand very grounded. I speak very directly. I'm not a, I'm not particularly afraid of my anger, that kind of thing. But I think people wanted me to be sort of like a girl next door brunette sort of thing. Oh, and to be skinnier too. Yeah, that also. <laughs> that one as well. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I feel like for me, I always just struggled with like, it's so funny because this is a side note, but if anyone knows about human design, once I learned about human design, I was like, oh, suddenly things make sense to me. It's like an offshoot of like astrological stuff combined with many other things. But um, one of the things about mine was like, it's basically like equally introverted and extroverted kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's always how I felt where I was like, oh, sometimes I feel like the girl dancing on the table at the party. And other times I feel like being in the corner by myself, not wanting to talk to anyone, you know, mm -hmm. and I feel equally that and I feel both very me and myself and, and honest. And I, they always want you to like, pick find one. your essence, you know, mm -hmm. and be one thing and like put that into a picture. And I was like, well, I don't know which part to put in. Like, I don't, I don't know. It was always very hard for me to like pinpoint my, my essence for people. Um, yeah. But also <laughs> this is just more recently. Um, so I'm actually not like pursuing acting anymore at the moment. Um, and I feel really great about it. It's, it feels amazing. Um, <laughs> But it was a it was a journey to even make that decision, you know, and it was like a real identity crisis kind of thing that I went through and all good things. But one of the part of that like journey was like shaving the side of my head. Um, and I still like stayed in acting for a little bit after that, even though that was I can see now kind of the beginning of the end for me. But, um, you know, I got new headshots with that and stuff like that. And like, oh, man, man, can they not can they not see a person with half their like this just a side shave as nothing as like only a box that is not I'll tell you what not my essence right because <laughs> all that I would get called in for from that point forward was butch lesbians oh. or like army generals like 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 the people in charge you know what I, like the yeah. tough like the badass toughs and like like I, I'm just neither of those things and like look I'm a really great fucking actor so I can like act with a doorknob but like at the end of the day there is someone walking in that audition room that like is just naturally that like just embodies that completely and I'm just not ever going to be like that's yeah. just not me and not who I am but like because I had a side shave they just just could not see me as like being like the girl next door anymore which I am a bit more of or like just the emotion like I'm like the chick in the army who like goes home and like has emotional things with her husband you know what I mean or whatever like that or so I'm not I'm not the the general like yeah. <laughs> frankly I'm I would be You're more likely more the I'm the yeah. general yeah Seriously. exactly so yeah. it was just like so funny like the things that I would be brought in for and I was like this is honestly a waste of my time and a waste of your time like we're all wasting our time yeah with this why <laughs> why are yeah. you even like giving this to me <laughs> um yeah and I I am still pursuing it but I'm definitely um unwilling to maintain a physical appearance that no longer feels like me mm -hmm. so I avoided doing things like coloring my hair in a in an unnatural color, getting the tattoos that I wanted. And 
you know, much like Kim's journey was was stepping away from acting for the time being, mine was that I I'm not I don't want to step away. I also don't want to compromise who I am. So if that means that I get less auditions because casting directors are notoriously struggle with sort of they like boxes and and someone with blue hair and tattoos fits into a specific box for them even though everyone on the planet is multidimensional like it's you know but it's very difficult to have people see past whatever the box is so who knows how this will work out for me but I'm certainly unwilling to not express myself through my physical appearance because somebody might want me to play a girl next door because girls next door can't have tattoos or blue hair apparently see that <laughs> that brings up the whole idea of of cds saying they're all about inclusivity uh but with that still comes boxes right i right. mean it's mm -hmm. i have friends who are covered in tattoos and they're the greatest performers you've ever met have not booked in years right mm -hmm. because of that but i'm <laughs> I'm hoping, you know, with some of the projects that are coming out soon, maybe that'll change. I yeah. uh, I hope for all of our sake, they start opening their eyes a little bit more to less of that. Because I will say, uh, I don't think I've ever said it on this show, the first acting job I ever had was playing in an Indian uh, IT tech with the <laughs> accent and everything at 19. Yeah. I didn't know any better. So I, yeah, right. I just did it. And none of us did. Yeah. You know? like, it's I yeah, I you're like, it. oh my gosh, I booked a role. Yay. <laughs> right? like, I get yeah. like we're oh, just yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's, you just jump at like whatever they give you. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're Fisher Stevens 2.0, you know, just yeah. doing an accent. But yeah. Uh, but I'm glad you brought that up because I, I feel like it's something that has to be addressed and discussed now more than ever with with this industry because people are more than just one or two things and they really need to embrace that yeah and I think it also like if we sort of extrapolate it to a macro level like putting casting people into boxes is detrimental to the audience watching it you know obviously but I specifically remember like seeing I talk about this a lot like how Disney princesses really messed us up you know, like I watched media and consumed media that told me that I was too loud, that I wasn't um, worth as much as the girl who who got a lot of male attention, um, you know, that I needed to act in a certain way and be in a certain way to be uh, taken seriously. And I think that held me back for a long time you know feeling like oh I'm supposed to be this but like Kim knows like I just can't fake anything like I can't fake my facial expression I can't fake my annoyance I can't fake anything so like I was just you know it was just never going to be me <laughs> <laughs> which is for I mean the, the it's all about uh subjectivity and creativity right so it's it's all a balancing act and just I don't know this whole industry is wacky yeah uh but the creative part of it is fun you know? yeah yes i i have a feeling both of you are going to have 
really fun things to bring up for this next question, which uh, is all about the idea of a party story. Now, I try, <laughs> I have the hardest time explaining what this question is. I'm intrigued because I, I get wait. too excited. It's, oh, well, it's a uh, it's a party story in a sense, um, not a story that occurred at a party, though it could have happened at a party. Who knows? Uh, but if you have a party story based around an experience you had within the industry, so it could be, you know, a, a bad or great casting experience. It could be meeting somebody who you've mm. looked up to who was a complete dingus, uh, you know, just something really crazy that stands out in your mind so well that you could easily recount those moments at a party do you have any experiences like that you could share with the listeners I have uh two one that is just uplifting because you always hear about it's such a bummer to hear about like actors that you respect or famous people that you respect and love and then you find out that they're jerks um, so I, I do like to tell, I don't know if it's the most interesting one, but I do like to tell this one because I like to tell people about celebrities that are nice. Um, I had like a co-star on the show Scorpion and, uh, Robert Patrick was the lead on that show. And, you know, he always plays like really terrifying, intimidating characters um I don't know if you watch um what was the show that John Cena did <laughs> that I love so much what? Peacemaker Peacemaker yeah yes. <laughs> yeah so like you know he plays those kind of roles like really well like the abusive Nazi dad um but like he I was know the him as Terminator 2 Terminator 2 I mean that that as well <laughs> um but you know he's the he's the biggest name on the call sheet and he and I were sat next to each other in the makeup trailer and I was like shaking. I was so nervous and he just started talking to me like I was a normal person, which I am spoiler alert. I am a normal person. Um, but like he treated me that way and we just bonded over our love of our pets. And, you know, it was just like the most normal chill, but active like he was an active listener like actually cared what I had to say and was just like so supportive and made it made me feel so much more comfortable than literally every other person in that cast um so yeah and and he's a really successful actor and he's great and he's like the opposite of the characters he plays oh my god rp coming in hot <laughs> yeah he's awesome. he's, a, he's a big teddy bear yeah <laughs> He is. He and his wife like love their dogs so much, which I obviously relate to. <laughs> um, what about you? What about you? You're you're thinking real hard over I there. I know. I, know I was like, have oh my, I have like, I had a lot of pressure for, for trying to remember. Uh, no, I actually have multiple. I was trying to decide because one actually was a similar thought of like someone that I just think is wonderful. Um, and that's mostly from working in restaurants for many years. So I've waited on many a celebrity, um, and, but had a similar, uh, I mean, there's many that I can say are wonderful and many that I can say are not, but, um, specifically I was thinking of Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine oh, the yeah. best human in the universe. If anyone was wondering best human in the universe, I have waited on him for, for years actually. But, uh, okay, I have two other stories that I'll tell. One was just like, um, 
a moment when you feel like really like proud, like this is like a, like there's certain things that made me feel like I could stop pursuing the business for a while. Like if my friend wants me to act in something, I'm more than happy to, like, I love acting, you know what I mean? But I was like, I don't, this isn't, the business is making me miserable. Um, and there's like certain things that I like did accomplish and did do that I felt really good about. And like, I did pursue, like I really hit the pavement hard. So I was like, all right, well, I, it's not like an intry. Um, but like, Kat and I actually like produce our own like short film and she wrote it and we both starred in it together and it like won lots of awards, which was awesome. Um, we were up against each other at one point for best actress. We were. Festival. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we won like best short there. Um, and then it also uh, screened at like the Chinese theater for one festival, which is like amazing, you know? Oh and when it screened there, someone like reached out, like, like found me through it basically was like, f- like looked up our film somehow. Maybe we had a website. I don't really remember. And then like went through the website and like contacted us through there to like get in touch with me to like ask me to be in like her feature uh, just from like watching me there. So like just things like that is like a really cool, you know, stories I feel like to be like, you know, good things can happen in that way. Um, and very like validating and like feel good, you know? And then also, um, (laughs) one thing that I talk about a lot because people find it very interesting and fascinating is hand modeling. I've been doing that. (laughs) I've been doing that since I moved to like, that's the longest running agent I've had. That's actually, I still have a hand modeling agent. So that one I still do. Um, and people ask a lot of questions about, they just find it fascinating, which it is like, I can guarantee that you've seen my hands on TV. Like there's no doubt about it. Um, I've done a lot of different things and I was like trying to decide, I was like, what's a good story to tell about hand modeling? Cause, but, um, yeah, I've done all kinds of things like Apple, like when Siri first came out, I hand modeled like, uh, for a commercial for that, um, so it was like before it existed, we had to sign like 10,000 NDAs and like couldn't bring a phone or anything inside with you. Like, cause it was secret, 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 such a big deal. And it's so funny. Cause now Siri is like a Siri. Joke. Yeah. Fucking Siri. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? This and it was bitch. like so exciting then. Like it was literally like, they were like teaching us how to use it. You know, it was very cool. Um, so I've done like a ton of like technology phone stuff and then like a lot of food things and a lot of like hand doubling so like anytime for the majority of commercials if you're watching like a mom who's like making food for the kids or whatever someone with my hands yes and the product is like fit for Tostino's pizza rolls when they do the close-up of the pizza rolls with like the mom quote-unquote holding it it's someone else's hands yeah more often than not. And so usually they were my hands. And just to illustrate, like people think like a hand's a hand, right? No. Just look at my hand versus Kim's hand on camera. <laughs> like, do you see? Yeah. Like her her hands are like borderline <laughs> angelic. Yeah, they I know. Really are like, like, how the hell are those real working hands? I that's what I'm saying. I know. Like they're truly <laughs> they're magical so beautiful (laughs) yeah I thought she was gonna talk about because she started talking about our film that we made when we got to view it at the Chinese theater and there's one shot 
where it's she speaking of my hand. Full, she fully <laughs> blocks my face with her beautiful hand on the big screen. So it was literally just Kim's giant, beautiful hand <laughs> on the side of my face. I'm like caressing her face, but then my hands are so big that like it's cut her entire head. <laughs> I mean, it's gorgeous. It you was know what gorgeous, I mean? but it like, was yeah, truly, it's. It's a, yeah. it's a, and I have long model fingers. They take yeah. up her whole face. Yeah. That's what I was just thinking when you're holding the water bottle. I'm like, yeah, those are totally model fingers. That's why they're also yeah. Nosferatu hands. Right. They <laughs> double as Nosferatu hands. That's the other yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> she also has like, she's like a little, she's like a petite little person, but like her arms are like the wingspan of Michael Phelps. It's the <laughs> strangest thing I've ever seen. What? So like, so it's as if she's like a stretch Armstrong and someone just like, <laughs> took her fingertips and just like pulled out of her shoulders her arms. I think I it's wild in my growth by smoking when I was like 12 probably. But why did your arms not? <laughs> I say it all in yeah. Arms. Why did it only stunt the growth of your trunk and not your arms? Uh because um I don't know it wasn't proportional stuntism. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of science on our podcast too. Oh and it holds yeah. up. I mean, yeah, it does. Screw the scientific journal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to I, be fair, in a, in a, in the age of of just saying untrue shit and like letting it stand, we do on our Patreon have a post mortem where we go back and like correct all of the wrong things that we say or the things we're just like, I don't know what animals can't jump. Let's find <laughs> out, you know. So yeah, we do fact check ourselves. <laughs> I will say for hand modeling, it's always been a joke with friends and people I work with that like when I book a job, I'm like, oh, I have a hand job tomorrow. So um, (laughs) mostly working at restaurants, I would be like, hey, can you cover my shift? I have a hand job. Um, And that they always get a kick out of that, you know, so like then it doesn't get old for you. Yeah. But um, I went many, many a long year with only holding phones and Tostina pizza rolls. And then one day I did get the call. And I spent an entire day hand modeling dildos. <laughs> it was a real, real hand job. And I am the hands of like an entire line of German sex toys yeah. on, their, on their website. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's a party story. I... You should. I, but Kim, I don't know why you didn't save that story for your life's greatest accomplishment story. I know. You know what I mean? Like, that's why, why I saved it for last. Okay. I was like, well, this is the ultimate. Yeah. I mean, who yeah. needs an Oscar when yeah. you're holding that, the, the Dragon Blaster 3000? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My God. I The Dragon Blaster it. 3000. Incredible. Uh, I mean, there's obviously a German voiceover for it. I won't <laughs> yes. do it. So I don't, you know, that's, I don't want to offend the German population who's listening to this podcast. That's so kind of you. We would go right for it. Yeah, we'd go right for a terrible German accent. I See, I, I can only do flamboyant German. So oh, like Sam Rockwell, okay. Jojo Rabbit German. That's where oh, I live. Sure. Yes. I can't like, do I can the Michael do Fassbender. British. Yeah. 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 I can only do a German accent that nobody from Germany would identify as a German as accent. German. Oh, yeah. oh, I would love to hear this. <laughs> Hold on. Give me a sentence. Um, uh, <laughs> this is my German accent. No, but see, then I'm French too. No, so yeah, yeah. You're like... I was like the chef from like (laughs) I was all over the European map or Sebastian from the Little Mermaid. 
or Sebastian. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, yeah, Tyler, we just the, go for it. It was very you know? like Peter Stormare being German. Yeah, like you just gotta, <laughs> you just gotta sell it, and then like yeah. you know, so few Americans travel to other countries that like they don't know if you're doing a good job. Exactly. Or not. <laughs> I well, speaking of service, uh, I Kat, have you worked in the service industry before? Poorly, yes. Okay, <laughs> the For the like idea. Two months. She could, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean that's that's long enough. That's that's experience, um, right? It was. I mean, it was it? It was. It was, was it one week? It was, like, it was a month. <laughs> Yeah, it was a month. Um, and I came home crying like every in day. College. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I'm not cut out for it. I, no. I worked in customer so I, I sold yeah, she worked in retail. Yeah. Like I sold stuff to people. I could get people to like buy shit. Um, and was pretty good at it, but like I hated it and like yeah. just felt my soul like crumbling away. Um, but no, like I up there with like the most difficult professions is like doctors teachers servers it is like i'm not exaggerating when i say i came home every day crying like every single day crying and like i just was like spilling food ringing up stuff wrong like just <laughs> crying in the restaurant like i was a hot mess and so i just have nothing but respect for specifically kim who just did it for so long i'm just like you're a literal superhero to me truly a lot it's, of emotional labor. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, I will say, I mean, Kim, let me know if you disagree with this, but the best part about those days when, especially you just, you want to, you want to give up and you're going insane. There's a switch that flips in your brain where you just say, you know what? Today's an accent day. Fuck. It. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> uh, yes. And that was, it didn't help the shift. Yeah. But the quizzical nature of someone's eyes when you walk up and suddenly you're like, oh, hey, good yeah. morning. Yeah. What can I get for you today? <laughs> oh, my that, God. That's that really it. good. I can only do flamboyant. That's that's all I can do. That was really fantastic. Only because I worked, I've worked in breweries and like brew restaurants wow. my, my, my entire life, only recently leaving this year. I but hope that's on your days. resume, sir. It's <laughs> a, a German accent. That's really um, good. Oh, I've I've given somebody shit for ordering a flight. In fact, that's how I met my girlfriend. Um, because you gave her but, shit. Because you gave her flight? shit. Yeah, because she ordered them one at a time. And Patrice, well, you're gonna kill me for uh, talking about this, but 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 also Patrice, uh, what a, come on, what a wonderful meet you. I know, oh. is, I love it. That is adorable. I will do, I love I'll do that. a flight, but can I just get the blonde first and the five ounce? She yeah. just wanted uh, you to keep coming back to the table yeah, a bunch. I mean, she wore an ugly Christmas sweater, so like <gasps> right off the bat, I was sold. Oh my <laughs> gosh! She's I love this. Kill me for bringing that up. <laughs> I uh, love this. <laughs> all this to say, like Kim, did you ever use your Cockney British accent for serving? Did you ever like lose your mind at that point? You know what? There was a time where <laughs> I was going through a breakup. That is beyond what anyone on this podcast has ever heard. It is. Uh, if you think I've been sad in, during the times of Kim KK Sam, it it was bad. Oh, no. It's bad. Uh, and I went through a dark period, and I got a fired from the job I was at. Which one moved uh, the Roosevelt? Oh, right, right, right. right or I didn't right. get fired. Oh, I got asked to resign. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> 
which I was, I do recall being bummed. I do recall being bummed about that because they have an amazing Guinness milkshake. (laughs) You can still go. I don't need to be there. It's fine. I've been there a long time. Um, (laughs) And, and then I moved out of my apartment, moved in with like a bunch of girls in Venice, but just like Craigslist, random people. And we're just partying all the time. And then I worked at Cabo Cantina, which like just, just, You, even if you haven't been there, you know what even you know what that is. Yeah, you know what Cabo Cantina is. It's it has, you know, blow up beer Corona bottles yeah. hanging all around no. it. Like it's it's a they shit actually, show. It is two for one like all the time. Basically, yeah, and it also like the but the two for one margaritas oh, are like margaritas. I'm not exaggerating. They they are the it's size sh- of my head. No, not exaggerating. Yeah, it's a shit show. So um. I don't know what happened there, if I were to be honest. <laughs> there was a lot of you know what they did have there? They had the that like espresso um tequila. Oh Patr- yeah. espresso patron or whatever, espresso like on patron. tap. Yeah. So we were always yeah. like sneaking shots of that in the bathroom or just like in the front of the restaurant. We would just look out front because the cameras were behind us and just like do them onto the promenade. <laughs> and so like I was just drunk there a lot. So like I think I think I'm sure accents came I'm out there. Positive that an accent came out. <laughs> if the yeah, that was um or like a puppy voice. I could also see a puppy voice. I did out tell someone that drunk. um I had a kid at, like a baby at home once because they didn't tip me they stiffed me on a hundred dollar bill and then like oh. sat there like hanging out and I was like I was oh. like was something wrong like I don't understand and I was like this is the only way I make money like we only get money from tips we don't get a paycheck and like I have a baby at home that I need to take care of and mind you I did not you. have a baby at home <laughs> <laughs> they did leave me a tip though but you could have the point is I you could, could have, have. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know that's the point. I had myself at home yes, that I needed to did, take care of I had an apartment fact, to pay for you had a you had a tiny drunk baby at home that needed your care <laughs> yes and that drunk baby's name was Kim yeah it me I had to like leave my car there a lot and uber home often oh my yeah, god it was a rough it was a dark couple months I yeah. didn't stay long it sounds like the movie Waiting wrapped up in yes. a small Mexican cantina. Uh- yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, and it was wild. Like, it wasn't just me. It was the whole, yeah, bartenders oh getting, like, blowjobs in the bathroom. Like, it was a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, quite the experience. I mean, now I know what to I mean, avoid. to be fair, a lot of the bartenders were pretty hot. So Very hot. Yeah. You know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. What is there a story that's tied? Oh no no no! No, it wasn't me. Yeah, (laughs) your eyes looked on like you're reflecting on something. (laughs) No, I just am reflecting on like how hot the bartenders were at Cabo Cantina a lot of times. So you know, say those (laughs) hot bartenders. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. (laughs) That's how I felt. Yeah, I was. I think I and I get to give a blowjob in the bathroom. I would have given a blowjob to one of those bartenders in the bathroom. Those bathrooms were disgusting. They were the amount of people that vomited in them. Oh god! Right, but also like we went through like a dirty musician phase. So like I just don't feel like I, you know, like those (laughs) bathrooms, like of like four musicians living in a house together. Yeah. Like I, I mean. Yeah, uh, there's no bathroom that that would shock me at this point. So, That's true. yeah, the ones that are caked in microbial nonsense. 
Ooh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> microbial nonsense. That's that's, that's the technical it. term. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I I need to get us away from this. <laughs> I can't, You're like, I don't get here. I'm so sorry. You don't want to talk more about blowjobs and dirty bathrooms, Tyler? Is that wait? Is that not what your podcast is about? Yeah. I mean, I'm so sorry. We you'd be surprised. No, I I drove down to New Mexico last week. Stopped at a rest area to use the facilities. I think I, I held it in for another hour because I did not like what I heard in there. So, um, oh, okay. Yeah. Dirty, yeah. dirty bathrooms. And, um, <laughs> I was really, it was a blowjob and not a murder. No, it was death. It was the, the, the first <laughs> one. Um, yeah. It is hard to tell sometimes, though, you know, in dirty bathrooms. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't take us away from this. Uh, I'm too, I'm too like goofy. Like I could talk to this all day. Uh, but I need, I need to start wrapping this up for you guys. So I'm not taking all okay. that away from you. Uh, but I do, uh, I do need. This is a weird segue, but I do need to, to ask you. Uh, now that we've put that behind us, uh, if you have any advice you can instill upon our listeners who are trying to get into the entertainment industry or like just a, a creative Ooh. career in general, do you have anything you can pass along to them? Uh, man, this definitely feels like a, <laughs> you know, the things, the things you wish you knew. Um, mine is twofold. One is I'm going to steal Kim's advice to me, which is, fun has to be the top priority. Um, cause there's so many things that aren't fun about it that you need to check in and make sure that like you are still in love with it, you know? Um, and then I would also say, uh, don't equate rejection with your own self-worth. That is fantastic. Both of those, especially, but the rejection is yeah. As far as mental health goes, yeah. I thought I I love that one. It's so funny. I'll let you know when I start following. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Kim's like this bitch is giving advice. She doesn't follow her damn self. Well, you've always been great at that. I have been great at that. It's always easier to say it to somebody else, right? Yeah. It's my specialty, honestly. (laughs) It's so funny because mine's like very similar. I was just going to say it in different ways um, because it was the similar thing of, um, wait, what's the last thing you said? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I said that rejection can't be equated with your self-worth. That's what it was. Um, That you're more than the business. You're more than this part of you. You're more than whether it be acting or like, I'm just going to say actor because that's what I have done, but like, you're more than an actor. You are a full, complete human being with feelings of different parts of your life. And like, if all you are is an actor, I would say expand, like travel, do all the things that you're afraid to do because you might fucking get an audition or like whatever. Um, And that goes in alignment with like, another part of it was to like be completely yourself. Mm-hmm. Like don't try to fit into like what you think other people want because yeah, there is no, you never will that. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And what people really want is for like you to be fully you. Um, so yeah, kind of find out who that is. And a lot of times that's, that's much more than just that one dimension. 
that is just a tiny part of who you are. You are a full, beautiful human being and like explore that and enjoy that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Also make creative stuff with friends. And I'm not just saying that cause I make creative stuff with friends. It, it truly is like, uh, it's such a, with good people, you know, like people that you trust, um, that has been a lifesaver for both of us. I think at different points, just getting to create our own, our own stuff. So don't be afraid to do that. Oh, Everybody yeah. has a literal, like, like high tech camera in their pocket. Go make stuff. <laughs> yeah. There's no excuse anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go make a movie. We need a camera, dude. Like it's... we all have one. <laughs> we have yeah. an A B. Let's just get a C and we're good. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <All right. laughs> no, that those pieces of advice are, are fantastic because now more than ever, uh, especially with the pandemic and the state of the world that we're in, you know, those who are in the arts industry are still looking at art to kind of like <laughs> give us a little reprieve. Yeah. Um, it doesn't help that the industry will literally just chew you up and keep going until you're nothing. Oh, yeah. uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it's great to hear all that, especially coming from people who are, who are closer to, you know, the Hollywood circuit and you know, what the machine is, you've been around it and you found all those different ways to expand creatively and still, you know, exist in that same area. Yeah. Uh, so that's just, that's amazing. I, um, we're going to start wrapping up here because uh, I'm way over when I initially uh, <laughs> scheduled this <laughs> Zoom fine. call. But you're so, you're, yeah, you're so fun to talk to. Oh, thank it's, you. It's been great. I appreciate yeah. it. It's the Sam coat. Um, uh, <laughs> no, I think it's your face. I like your face and talking <laughs> oh, to it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I couldn't remember what his name was. Um, guys, listen to the podcast. Damn it. Um, <laughs> I, I know uh, that's an inside joke for our podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and that's, that's going back. <laughs> Way back. It's like episode like 10, I think. 11, 12, like 12. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 12. Trick or treat. Yeah. 12. 12. Yeah. Oh my God. Hey, and it's coming back to sense. theaters this yeah. next month. So. Yes. I know. Fingers crossed so if you can get tickets. Yeah. Uh, I do need to to ask you if there's anything besides obviously the podcast will give a shout out to with this episode, but if there's anything that you'd like for me to give a shout out to as well, um, in addition to that. Yes. Listen to our podcast. We also are doing a virtual live show. I don't know when this is coming out. Uh, this so episode. this is actually going to come out. Oh my God. Come on calendar. You know what? I'm going to look on my computer. That's okay. what computers are for. Uh, this is going to, guys, this is all staying in the recording. Because <laughs> I am sloppy. Um, this will come out on October 10th. Oh, great. Okay. Great. So we have a live show on October 19th. Awesome. Oh, um, it's a virtual live show. So everybody can come to it. Um, and we will have information about that somewhere that you can find it on our social media and our show notes and stuff like Ooh. that. But yeah. Um, October 19th. October 19th. Oh, that's perfect. Well, I know what I'm doing on the 19th. Uh, <laughs> no that's that's fantastic i um i do want to say like listening to your podcast has actually helped you know my relationship but I, I hope many others as well just bonding with people who may not like horror movies right off the bat as well and getting them <laughs> into the narrative game yeah. of it and having fun with it and it's not this really wild um and insanely well 
sometimes it could be crazy horrific high tension um Oof. but <laughs> like my my girlfriend just asked if you know she wanted or if i wanted to go see a barbarian tonight or tomorrow Ooh, wow that, that's advanced so she wasn't yeah. in har- into horror when you like first met she she was a little bit so as you can see above me red eye is mm-hmm. uh, one of the posters i have it's one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies uh, killing murphy is just amazing get Incredible. lost in those eyes yeah. uh but, uh that was a movie we bonded yeah. over because she loved it she saw the poster in my apartment and that was how we kind of clicked um but she has since gone fully into horror and your podcast helped tremendously with Aww. her opening up to oh this is fun like maybe we should go see a movie like you know just yeah. So I wanted to say, as we're wrapping up, thank you for everything you do, because your podcast is amazing and fun <laughs> and hilarious. Um, thank you so much for listening. Especially. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, the, I know you said, Kim, that maybe you share too much with your, you know, the dating stories, but I think that helps too. You know, it, it gives everyone perspective and you're opening up to the listeners. So uh, yeah, don't be afraid <laughs> to keep sharing because- we love it. We want we want you to Thank be happy. You. And this guy, hey, fella, if you're listening to this for <laughs> some reason, I don't know your name, so you're just going to be guy. Uh, I hope everything goes well. Treat her uh, amazingly. Bond, watch horror movies, go on trips. Mm. Like, she deserves it. So, um, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I just want to say thank you for everything you guys do. And as we uh, were wrapping up the end of this recording, there's one last thing I have to do. Uh, but first, I need to ask, if you've ever seen Wayne's World. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course. Wow. But see, this is how I know we, we were gonna be friends because everybody else I've <laughs> talked to was like, eh, I have not not never really She'll seen it. be mine. Oh yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. She will be mine. <laughs> Give it up, man. <laughs> Live in the now. Uh, so a gun rack. I'm sorry. I could just do quotes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I don't own a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone enough to constitute an entire rack. Wow. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but they're all right there. It's at all the in your surface. head, right? Yeah. Well, we all remember the awkward scene where the um, Rob Lowe's character takes over their show yes. and the the new like lighting system is dropped down yeah. and their camera guy is counting down from five and points and they're just kind of like yeah. and Garth is by himself. Yes. So that, that is the the origin point for what I like to call the awkward goodbye. Oh my God. So <laughs> for every recording, I will do a silent Wayne's World countdown. And when I point to you, Give me your best verbal awkward goodbye, and I'll stop the recording from there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I'm ready. You ready for this? So you have to say who you're pointing to then, I guess, since we can't. If oh, yeah. I mean, the same time? I, I say go same time. Same time? Okay, great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes it even better. <laughs> All right. Here we go. In. Am I going? Did you want to? Goodbye. What? Is it me? Good. You. Bye. Good. Goodbye. Bye. Good. I mean. <laughs> <laughs>